You're listening to the Badass Lady Folk podcast and radio show on Radio Free Brooklyn. My name is Christine Stoddard. Some of you know that already, and it seems pretty redundant to do this every single time, but that is life. That is radio. Today, I am joined by the lovely Cassie Fox, all the way from the United Kingdom. Hey, Cassie. Hi. Okay, so you're probably, I'm okay. I just woke up, dear listeners. Uh, Some of you know I am not a morning person, but uh, scheduling, I have to make sacrifices sometimes. And it's not for your sacrifice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and you know, it's actually not the worst thing to still be in your nighty when you're recording from home. At least I didn't have to go anywhere. <laughs> it's a nice nighty, to, to be fair. Nice. It's kind of wasted on the listeners, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is not a visual medium, unfortunately. <laughs> Although people keep asking, Christine, when are you going to record video? Because I record video for other things. Um, and it's it's not happening for this yet. But eventually. TV show needs to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. I like it. I'm into Surely it. someone's listening who can make that happen. <laughs> All right, so y'all are probably wondering why do I have someone from the UK on the show? So Cassie is the founder of a collective, Loud Women, and I will in a moment give her a chance to describe better what this music collective does and all its various branches, but the collective has curated two shows that are coming to... Uh, Ridgewood in Amityville, June 1st and 3rd. So that seems like a pretty good reason to interview someone who's based in London. Okay, so Cassie, tell me, tell listeners about Loud Women. What is it exactly? Um, How is it that you center women and non-binary folks and their music? And what inspired it? Why did you found it? Wow, um, lots there then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, it was like 10 questions. <laughs> um, Your so, turn to talk. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what is Loud Women? Loud Women is so many different things these days. It's um, it's a festival over here in the UK. It's kind of regular gig nights um, supporting women and non-binary musicians, mostly in kind of the DIY scene, um, mostly kind of newer musicians or musicians who um kind of you know eschew the major labels and and kind of want to do it for themselves um and we yeah we also have chapters um outside of outside of london and um you know around the uk and um and now outside of um uh yeah outside of the uk so we we have chapters in new york um in la in canada um in australia um and and Spain is the the most recent one as well and um, Ireland as well um we also have a website um where we've got well it's like this, this enormous team that's ever growing there's, there's about 150 writers on this, this website um reviewing reviewing new music um you know kind of yeah it's a web magazine videos. really is that how you would describe yeah. it as a magazine yeah yeah, yeah. um and we have an, an e-zine as well that goes out to a big list um what else? we're also a, a little little ra- a record label as well we put out compilation um uh cds um that people still like those apparently um and, <laughs> and kind of um, yeah kind of about once a year we'll put out a compilation um album of, of some of the you know kind of favorite artists that we've worked with maybe for our, our festival 
um how else we oh we've got a radio show as well lad women lad women show um weekly show now so yeah totally empathize with <laughs> putting together um this kind of content every week um and yeah i think that i think that's about it um you know we kind of started, <laughs> started... yeah long enough list there <laughs> <laughs> i'm tired now um yeah. <laughs> time for a break no no well, yeah well, <laughs> We've been doing the, doing this eight years, and it's kind of grown. I, I never set out to do this. I, I worked in book publishing at the time, so mm. this was not this is not a, a kind of um, you know I didn't set a smart goal and <laughs> set out to do this. Um, but I was I was in a band. I am in a band um, called I Doris, um, all female band. Um, and kind of you know back in 2015, um, the band that I was in then we were finding it difficult to get gigs or when we did get gigs we were generally the only women in the room let alone on stage um and i just wanted to put on just one gig really with with other um female non-binary musicians our friends basically um put on one gig and it was great everyone had a great time and you know the bands all loved it and they were like oh how amazing not to you know not to kind of just be the only women in the room um so um it kind of spread by word of mouth really bands started getting in touch with me and saying hey I hear you put on gigs um and so I was like oh, okay I guess I do then <laughs> so, um so yeah that's so kind of started, yeah and that's that's and here we are today um so I've, I became a promoter and you know started putting on these gigs every month and the community has kind of spread around or kind of grown around those events um, we've got a really active Facebook group, actually, that uh, kind of has a, a life of its own as, as a resource for um, musicians to, you know, female musicians to get advice, form bands, find bandmates um, or share their music or, you know, just kind of get tips and advice, really support. Um, and um, and yeah, and that's that's where we are now. Oh, I love it. I love <laughs> it. Yeah, that kind of support and that kind of community Wow. Okay. So tell me more about what your earlier experiences being a quote lady musician <laughs> have been. Like, tell me more about not being able to get, get gigs or getting a gig and then being billed last or being whatever may have happened, bullied, harassed, etc. What What fun uh, stories do you have to share? <laughs> I mean, I, I've been I've been lucky, I guess, that nothing nothing really grisly has happened. You know, you hear a lot of um, kind of terrible stories um, in in the music industry, um, especially with kind of younger musicians as well. I mean, I'm um, I'm in my forties now, and I, I I kind of started out in bands in my in my thirties, so I kind of came to it, you know, relatively late in life. You know, as as people tend to get in bands in their teens, whatever um but yeah you kind of hear of kind of you know young younger musicians having um really difficult time but um but yeah I, I think the the worst that kind of happened to us was just basically just always being categorized as you know the token female band um kind of putting them on the bottom of the bill we've ticked a box you know we've, we've got some women on the bill so there we go we've ticked the gender box um so we we were we were kind of this pop punky type bands um maybe kind of like this was pop. your previous band this is my previous band and um, we were called the women's institute 
and we'd be we'd be playing like with metal bands or like death metal bands and, and obviously all their friends would turn up to watch them and and they'd have these kind of you know nice ladies in, in floral dresses like <laughs> <laughs> nice songs about doing the school run and they were like, what the hell is this um but you know so like total mismatched lineups that that kind of thing no one had kind of thought about actually you know booking us for um for for what we were um yeah because like you said it was just tokenism in many cases yeah and I think a lot of that still goes on today um you kind of look at some lineups and you think you know when you know that that artist has just been booked um you know for their gender or for their ethnicity um or because they're you know an outspoken um you know kind of queer artist um and you know clearly that promoter has just kind of got box ticked um and it's um yeah so it's it's i think it's so important to kind of create it, it, it's great to have that visibility but at the same time you know people need their community around them they, they need kind of lineups where um you know you're not just there to tick a box you're there because you're part of a community and, and the the lineup as a as a whole works and makes sense <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. But, so yeah, that's because... what I, I set out to do, but with with loud loud women first, um, is to you know kind of make sure that I'm not ticking any boxes that we've we've got that kind of intersectionality throughout the the lineup, you know, um, so that no one's looking around and and thinking I'm the only person who looks like me in this room. Yeah, <laughs> just... yeah, because that's so alienating, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. So, how do artists find you? Um, social media, I guess. Yeah, um, these they, days. They, I mean, you have so many followers. <laughs> we, yeah. we do, yeah. I mean, we, we've been around for a while now. So, um, yeah, we're, we've got a lot of social media followers. Um, our mailing list as well is is huge. Our e- email list, you know, if any bands out there, this is like my top tip for, for bands is start collecting those email addresses because there's just so much out there on social media. You know, you can't possibly wade through it all <laughs> you can't possibly see it all yeah. but but email kind of get gets to people um straight away um so yeah so I've I've kind of learned all of this for trial and error now and I now actually teach it at a, a music college in London which is, wow, which is fancy but yeah so I've had a I've had a kind of career change via Loud Women I teach it so at the BIM Institute in um in London so I'm kind of working with aspiring musicians and and people who want to work in the music industry and um basically telling them to collect email addresses (laughs) yeah and it all started with one gig right (laughs) actually yeah it's um yeah you never you never know what's going to happen I mean after I had had children I kind of had to have a bit of a career change anyway because I you know as I mentioned I'd, I'd previously worked in book publishing and and I'd kind of had this kind of you know fancy book publishing career um that kind of suddenly came to an end when I became a mum. So yeah. Um so uh, now I do. <laughs> okay, tell me about Idoris. Idoris. Um yeah. yay. So uh this is uh another kind of all female band and and we're we're all kind of uh I want to say kind of you know ladies in our forties. Uh, maybe some of us a little bit older as well um but it's, we've kind of become a collective <laughs> so there's a there's a lot of dorises we're all called doris 
um, on stage. We're, we're all known as Doris, which I always have to explain to um, to uh, you know people who who haven't grown up in in the UK. Um, Doris is kind of like a name, you know, like as Australians call women Sheila. Um, yes. Doris is kind of the the UK equivalent of of that. So you kind of say, oh, that Doris. Doris. Yeah. When you're kind of saying dismissively, and it tends to be kind of an older woman as well. She say, oh, you know, that that Doris over there, she'll make us a cup of tea. <laughs> that kind of thing. So wow. the, the band is kind of about accepting you know kind of moving into that identity and, and recognizing that as you get older you become more invisible your identity diminishes you become you know mom or doris mm. or mm. you know um and and people kind of look through you so it's uh, it's about kind of you know embracing that and saying hey we're all mm. dorises it's great we can say whatever the fuck we like now because i was listening <laughs> sorry oh. I swear. yeah no it's okay no please swear it's fine <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a way of reclaiming this name this word totally yeah so at the start of our gigs we um we do like the pledge of doris and the audience all becomes doris as well and then wait, we're kind wait, of all wait. That. what is the pledge of doris would should, should i do it now would you like to yes, do the pledge please. of doris all right yes, okay please. so i'm going to say some words and if you agree with the words then you raise your right hand and you say i doris okay so okay i doris pledge to be a friend to my fellow doris yeah i doris i doris there we go i doris will give up my seat on the bus for a doris who needs it more than i do I Doris. I, Doris. I, I hope everyone all over Brooklyn is doing this right now. Stopping their cars <laughs> to, to do the pledge. Don't do it while you're driving or cycling. Um, I Doris will help another Doris who's struggling to get a pram up a flight of stairs. I Doris. A pram I is Doris. a stroller, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you put babies in it. Yep. That's that's one. Yeah, sorry. Um, oh, what else can I I'm, I'm trying to do the the not rude version. Um, I Doris. <laughs> We'll never vote conservative. Oh, damn right, I Doris. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you know, the the American equivalent. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so there you go. Uh, so there you go. You you're all Doris's now. If you take the Doris pledge, you're all you know um, in on it. And and then we kind of sing a song about being Doris's, and um, hilarity ensues. That's how Doris in a nutshell. We've got a new song coming out sixteenth um, of June. Um, called HRT um, because that's where where I'm at um, at the moment basically um, and I don't know if it's quite so much of a, a kind of hot topic in in the states because you have um, you know different healthcare um, nightmares to, healthcare, to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on or kind of healthcare dystopia over here um, is that um, HRT has been until really quite recently almost impossible to get you know um, people with with wombs are, are finding that they kind of really have to um kind of you know fight with their doctors to to recognize that um you know perimenopause and menopausal symptoms um are really destructive to your life um and um and it's been horrendously expensive as well to um because it you know it's a drug that you have to pay for um through through your um yeah so um it's it, it's become yeah, quite a hot topic over here. Anyway, so um, um, yeah, so that's what wow. the song is about. <laughs> All right, so you've brought up uh, 
women and non-binary musicians you've brought up maternity leave when you were talking about your more corporate career you've brought up ageism so i ask every guest or try to remember uh a question <laughs> that hey, you'd be surprised by some of the answers but i would love to know are you a feminist oh god yeah yeah definitely um yeah I, I mean kind of intersectional feminism is is at the heart of, of everything that we do at loud women it's all about um passing the mic and um you know kind of helping to um raise the voices of um you know women and gender non-conforming people as well although we, we've kind of called it loud women to start off with because that was um that's what I am <laughs> you know, that, um, but, yeah tell but me more about choosing the name oh and I mean as I said it started off as one gig so I, I honestly didn't give it a lot of thought um it was more kind of you know I was I was kind of feeling that it was it kind of had like a riot girl kind yes. of ethos to it and I wanted to kind of embrace that but kind of recognize that we're um we're beyond that now and we've grown up and um and uh, the, the world's a different place now <laughs> so um so yeah kind of loud women kind of felt a bit like what happens when the riot girls grow up um mm -hmm. I guess that was that was loosely the idea, but yeah, I didn't overthink it too much. Um, and I was, I was I'm into kind of, it. Like, <laughs> it caught my eye. It really did. <laughs> well, kind of as a, a lovely kind of um, re result of the the inclusive atmosphere of our gigs, um, they've become very queer friendly. Um, uh, a lot of gender non-conforming people come along to to our events um, because they are kind of you know, safe and welcoming. Um, but yeah, I sometimes kind of feel that 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 name can suggest that it's just for for women, or you know, um, and people kind of have to ask the question: Is it just for cis women? Um, so ah. it's it's kind of constantly having having that conversation to kind of make sure that everyone knows that yeah, everyone is welcome, even the cis men. Um, that, that's kind of what <laughs> we're saying. <laughs> like we're we're so inclusive. We'll even include the cis white men um they're um you know they, yeah, they but, write but that's that's the thing right that uh women's quote-unquote art and creative production cultural production is not just for women in in all cases and that's something I think all of us as cultural producers have to overcome yeah maybe there are special projects that we create for women or or non-binary folks non-men right but it doesn't necessarily mean that everything we do is just for us no absolutely not um and yeah kind of men men are a really important part of our our collective as well there's so much support that's um that they offer as as allies whether that's kind of you know writing for our website reviewing gigs for us um you know turning up buying tickets I love it when they do that <laughs> it's, it's really yeah, I mean, honestly economic uh support is so valuable it's yeah. how we keep running <laughs> they've got more money than we have quite frankly <laughs> yes <laughs> might as well spend it exactly buy a ticket buy a TD buy a CD okay a so I do I do want to yeah or a CD and I adore that you produce CDs that's wonderful 
Um, okay, it's I want really to... I, I keep kind of questioning whether that's still a thing. But the minute I I announce another one, um, I've got a load of people who men mostly, who um who buy them straight away. So I keep doing it. <laughs> well, thumbs up. I want to switch to the gigs that you have coming to New York City. Uh, well, actually, Long Island and uh and Queens. So. There is Loud Women at Amityville Music Hall, and that's going to be on June 1st, 7 to 10 p.m. And then you have your event at Ridgewood. Christine, open up your notes quicker. Okay. And then the, <laughs> in Ridgewood, you have Loud Women coming uh, June 3rd, and that's going to be Footlight Underground at the Windjammer. So... Tell me about your involvement with New York, how you got these gigs. Tell me about your liaison, your representative here. Anything New york you want to say, say now. <laughs> oh, I, I love New York. I mean, we, we did actually put a gig on in Brooklyn. Um, oh, God, I'm not going to name remember the name of the venue now. But it was back in 2019, which kind of feels like you know, the before times. Ancient history. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, it was a brewery in Brooklyn, and I got a feeling that it didn't quite oh, survive. Brooklyn Brewery or Union Musical or neither of those. All right. Well, someplace. <laughs> It'll come to me. It'll come to me. Um, but it was great, and I actually flew over for it. And my my band played, and some um, some kind of New York bands played. Um, Basic Bitches and Slut Magic played. Brilliant band names. Um, yeah. And we brought T-Bitch from the UK and my band Idoris um, came over to play as well. And it was it was great. I was really hoping that that was going to be a, a thing. And then obviously pandemic happens right. and, you know, everything went back to, to zero. Um, so it was really pleased when I got a, a message from Pascal Jean-Louis, um, who is a New Yorker. Um, and she's a, a musician. She she got in touch and said, um, I'm putting on a couple of gigs. Um, I'd really like them to be loud women gigs. How how do I make that happen? So um so we chatted and and they're they're now loud women gigs, which is is great. So I've kind of helped her with a promotion as, as much as I can from you know my my kitchen table in in London and um and she's she's done the legwork over here in um in New York and, and put together these two really great bills. Um, so yeah, there's the the first at Amateur Music Hall, um, which is an evening gig, and then there's a daytime. I think it's all ages as well on on the oh. third, um, which is important. I think one of the bands, uh, the mother the mother mold, they're a mother and daughter band, which I've never actually heard of before. Imagine being in a band with your mum. It's <laughs> unthinkable. <laughs> but the hats off to them. They're um yeah um kind of mother and daughter. I think the daughter's maybe teen. Um, but yeah, yeah I was also... going to ask essential information. How old is that daughter? <laughs> oh my god! I mean, oh, good for them. <laughs> they... I couldn't. <laughs> good for them. I'm so pleased. I'm so pleased that these wonderful examples of, of mother and daughter harmony exist. Um, but yeah, and in fact, they they've been talking about coming over to the to the UK maybe um, next next year. So hopefully, we can kind of carry on the pan Atlantic musical niceness. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's oh so um, more amazing names. Bitch Switch um, are playing. Um, Eyelashes, um, which is um, 
Pascal's band. Um, I think it's it's kind of a, a super group of, of people who've been in in other bands. Um, so uh, so that'll be exciting. And and Sharp Violet as well um, are playing. So um, so yeah. So I'm I'm so tempted, honestly, just to kind of steal some of my husband's air miles and and come over and, <laughs> and see these gigs. But maybe next time. Yeah, well, dear listeners, I will be playing samples in a bit, but I do still have another five minutes or so here with Cassie. And I wanted to know, Cassie, what changes have you noticed in music since starting Loud Women? Um, Since starting Loud Women, I, I guess there's been more conversations about gender representation, um, particularly on festival lineups I, I presume you know same conversations we have in the states as happen over in the UK every year when when they announce those kind of big summer festival lineups you know, when they announce the Glastonbury lineup over here or the Reading Lees lineup there's always that conversation about you know kind of counting how many women they are in the in the big letters on the posters mm. um the big um, letters, <laughs> the big letters, yeah, or the kind of top That's tiny ones that you have way to put to... your glasses on to see, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, these days I have to put my glasses on to see the big letters, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, quite quite interestingly, this summer, um, Glastonbury has been under fire because they're they've got no no female headliners, and um, Emily Evis, who, who kind of you know, runs Glastonbury, kind of said, Well, the problem is, is with the pipeline, these these female artists aren't getting the support they need to kind of work their way up the music industry and kind of get to a point where they can um you know be a headliner at, at Glastonbury or your American equivalent um so um so yes yeah, so that's kind of where I see loud women kind of you know starting off at the you know the very bottom of that pipeline um kind of giving bands their first gear giving them that support that they need to kind of you know thrive in a, in a community um, and then we're, we're kind of seeing bands like Nova Twins. I don't know whether um, whether you've heard of those. They're, they're, they've um, kind of been making waves over in, in, in the States now as well. Um, or Big Journey kind of had their early gigs um, with us and, you know, with other oh, organisations wow. um, like us as well. Um, so, so, yeah, I think it's really important to have that kind of grassroots support to uh, you know, you know, propel them onto bigger stages. Yeah, for sure. So you started in 2015 with the collective. Yeah. 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 Okay. So how has or or has Me Too, the Me Too movement been a part of the organization? Was it really? Is that more? I, I feel like it's international, but is that more of a U.S. thing? It is it is international, yeah. It's okay. it's definitely something that's um yeah, that was that was kind of felt all over the world, I, I suspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess maybe twenty fifteen marked the the kind of turning in if you think like the, the waves of feminism, um yeah. people almost talk, like talk about like a fourth or fifth wave happening around twenty fifteen where people are, are using the, the kind of power of, of collective action. Um yeah. and of harnessing the internet to to kind of come together and kind of you know seize the 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 um the tools that we have um to to make change and have have voices heard 
Um, so, you know, Me Too um, movement as an example of that Black Lives Matter. Um, but um, but yeah, also kind of, you know, kind of smaller grassroots organisations like Loud Women, um, you know, on a much smaller scale have, have you know, formed in a similar way, just kind of people coming together going, right, here's a problem. Here's how we're going to get together and solve it, um, you know, as, as a collective. Yeah, but um, what I'm trying to ask is how have slogans like Me Too, I was mostly curious in Me Too, but of course you met, you mentioned Black Lives Matter and that's obviously important as well. How have some of these slogans that have been popular in the years since you started Collective, the Collective, been a part of the work that you're doing? Are they explicitly or it's more like, these are things that are happening simultaneously and yes they'll come up in conversation but they're not on t-shirts or whatever yeah i i, I think that um <laughs> 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 what you said it's um i mean as I, as i said i didn't set out with a with a mission for this it, it has kind of really evolved and I, I know people say that it really has kind of evolved organically so people have kind of brought to to the collective the you know the agenda that matters to them so yeah totally me too has been has been part of that um and you know any fundraising that's that we do as as part of our work i mean mostly we we want we want to just get the bands paid that's that's mm. our kind of top fundraising aim if you like i, I don't want yeah. it to be like a, a charity thing um, I want bands to be paid fairly, but when we do kind of have raffles or kind of um, put out charity CDs, um, they're for domestic violence charities, um, but then also other causes that kind of feel feel important. So um, our latest um, album um, has been for U uh, musicians defend Ukraine, um, mm. and we have some Ukrainian artists on the cd as well we've got some ukrainian punk bands coming over this summer as well to, to play for us which is really exciting um so um so yeah i, I think we're kind of as, as a collective we're kind of socially conscious um kind of in a politically active um collective i mean our, our festival for example we always have speakers from um from groups like um alliance for choice um which is a um a group in Northern Ireland that um that helps women get access to to abortion healthcare. Yay! <laughs> uh, yes. Um, uh, who else have we we have? Uh, there's an organisation called Safe Gigs for Women, um, who kind of go to to festivals and, and kind of support women and um, you know, help help make safe spaces that kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's all fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Cassie, for giving me your time on the show. I am going to, dear listeners, shift to playing music, introducing music from the collective. But I want to, again, thank Cassie for her time. Check out Loud Women. Do it, do it, and follow them on social media. There's a heck of a lot going on. Cassie, any last words? Oh, thank you so much for having me along. This is this is awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, if anyone wants to find us, just Google Loud Women. We're at Loud Women um, on Instagram, and you'll you'll find us.
That was HRT by I, Doris, Cassie Fox's band. And, of course, the person I interviewed earlier on the show, I, Doris, is a member of the Loud Women Collective. But I, Doris, will not be playing in New York for the June shows. So I'm going to be giving you a couple songs from an artist who really stood out to me, The Motherload. They will be playing in New York. They will be playing at the Amityville Music Hall on June 1st and then in Ridgewood on June 3rd. And yes, they are a member of the Loud Women Collective. They are playing in these Loud Women shows. So two songs from the Mother Load first up. All right. And those are going to be Creepy Feeling and Wonder Girl. But first... Who are they? The, they are a mother-daughter punk group from Austin, Texas. The Motherload. I've got a creepy feeling about you. Feeling about you 
was so good. All right, so now I'm going to play you some more music from artists who are in the Loud Women Collective, but these are not artists who are going to be playing in the upcoming New York City shows. Yes, just to confuse you. <laughs> but you can definitely check them out online and see when, if and when they are coming to New York. Uh, and they're all pretty great regardless whether they are across the pond or not. So first up, you'll be hearing Domination by Tasha Bloom and then Parasite by the Dollheads and then Singing for You by Hypersona and then Human Stain by Shy Godwin. People vomit, paper shows, and baby, we can listen happily. Yeah, sure, you can go to Mars, but see that bloody diamond money. money cannot buy you back your empathy. Listen close, listen close, we know, we do, what you're up to. Got another love in danger, cannot hide, she make it die, cause she didn't make an exit for this fairground horror ride.
All of that was so amazing. But that is the end of our show. You've been listening to the Badass Lady Folk. I'm your host, Christine Stoddard. If you are a musician, a lady musician, a non-binary musician, because this is a show for badass lady folk, then please contact me to be on the show. Info at quailbell.com. Info at quail, like the little bird, bell, like the object you ring, dot com. And I'm not just looking for musicians. Those of you who regularly listen to the show know that I am just generally interested in women and NBs who are kicking buns, big and small, especially if there is a New York connection. All right. Tune in next time.